Okay, we're going to move to 4.7, and I think that is all this one is going to be because the next one is devolutionary factors. Um, and although the FRQ last year was on devolution, um, devolution is a big, big topic, and it goes into 4.9. Um, so I think I will just do 4.7 on this one. Um, okay, so 4.7, we basically need to understand the different forms of governance uh, basically different forms of government, and they give you two specific ones that you need to know. Define federal and unitary states. Um, okay, so we know with the new FRQ um, format, they're not going to have you define and uh, define federal and a unitary state because you can Google it. But look at the learning objective. It says explain how federal and unitary states affect spatial organization. That's something that's going to be very, very hard to Google because you, first of all, won't have enough time. And second, you need to understand how federal and unitary states, how it affects this. You need to understand, remember, explain we're looking for the process. You're looking for the verb. So how does this play out? So if you look at the essential knowledge, the first thing it says is that forms of governance include unitary states, federal states. So we'll talk about what those definitions are, but we're going to focus more on 4.D1. And here's part of the answer to that question. Unitary states, think of the word unit, tend to have a more top-down, centralized form of governance. Basically, it's one form of government. You don't have local government you have one usually big government. A federal states have more locally based dispersed power centers. And right away, I want you to think the United States, uh, the federal government. Um, and you can kind of see this happening right now with the pandemic. You have the federal government's response. You then have the state response, and then you have local government responses. So like the city of Casey just put, uh, put out a curfew, I believe it's starting today, uh, Wednesday the 8th. Well, there isn't a curfew on the federal level, and there isn't a curfew on the state level, but at a local level, the city of Casey has said, yes, we will have a curfew starting, starting tonight. That's a federal uh, state. So countries are governed on more than one level, but different forms of governance allocate power in different ways. And it really does affect how much authority is both available at the national and then local levels. So remember, when we did this whole process, you could even look at school districts, you could look at HOAs, you know, some HOAs are better uh, with uh, their rules and their regulations than other HOAs. It's how you break something down. And that's that keyword again, devolution, which is in 4.8. All right, so there are two main type of political organizations, and there are federal and unitary. Both systems, here's what they have in common. So if they were to ask you to compare uh, and contrast federal and unitary states, it's they're both about day-to-day -day operations of gover governance with sovereignty, right? It's this idea of who has the power, how do they operate, um, who makes the laws. It's, they're both types of governments. The difference though, um, let's go through federal first. Federal, you have shared between the central government and state, local government governments. It could be a province like in Canada. You have multiple levels of power. Power is diffused throughout the hierarchy. Um, types of countries. 
uh, again, remember there are exceptions to this, but you tend to see these in uh, multinational states, multiple ethnic groups, uh, places where you have significant minorities. Um, so this would work really well in the United States where you have a difference between the North and the South, in Canada where you have Quebec versus the rest of Canada. So this works really well in large, multiple ethnic states. Unitary are held primary by the central government with very little power given to the local governments. Notice how I didn't say no power is given to the local governments. It's little to no power. There's no hierarchy of sovereign poverty. There's few cultural differences in small minorities. A good example, again, is Japan. First of all, Japan is an island, and we talked about that before on how just the pure geography of a state really does play into like the culture, the political systems. But Japan is a really good example of a unitary state. Um, one cultural group, one form of government. And we know that there are some exceptions to this, right? Um, we know that there are some that tend to be very, very uh, large, um, but yet they act very uh, unitary. So uh, remember, uh, they're, they're, Russia is a little weird too because Russia is large and Russia tends to say that they're federal state, but we really don't know if they are truly a federal state when it comes to like the election and the amount of power that they have. So remember on the PowerPoint, I put an asterisk next to Russia. So your best examples of a federal state are going to be the United States and Canada. And I would actually go with Canada because you could talk about Quebec, but this pandemic is a really good example of the United States. You have Trump coming on, the federal government, uh, the stimulus checks. Uh, you could talk about, you know, staying at home. He, Trump has not issued a stay at home. And then you have the state level and then you have the local level. Smaller land masses, Japan, Egypt, Spain, uh, tend to be unitary states. Here are the exceptions. China is a large country, but it's a unitary, a very centralized government. And we talked about that. There's no way China is going to want to transfer. Their government is going to want to transfer any of their power. Belgium is a small state. However, it's a federal state because you have all of the ethnic differences between like the Flemish citizens and the Walloon citizens. So because of the diversity in Belgium, they have a, a federal state. Um, that's really much, that's really it with 4.7. Um, just, just to summarize it, um, you have federal states usually accommodate cultural differences, allowing local governments to manage their own affairs. An example of this could be education. Um, they help keep the peace and maintain a sense of unity. Um, another example I said to this is about money devoted to like infrastructure and services. Um, the North, uh, like states like New York, they have the salt trucks, uh, the snow plows, they have money for that. It doesn't make sense for a Southern state to invest in that type of infrastructure or those type of equipment because we don't get a lot of snow. So we have power on how we allocate money and funds and resources. Unitary states have a strong centralized government that control almost all matters of governance. Provincial and local governments in most cases are simple extensions of the national government. Uh, unitary states can be either undemocratic, such as China and Saudi Arabia, 
or they can be fairly democratic like France and Indonesia. So if there was an FRQ, I don't want you to say, well, if you are unitary, you can't be a democracy. That's not true. All right, so kind of think about some of the exceptions to it. AMSCO does a really good job going over the exceptions uh, to it. I'm not very confident that this will be an FRQ. Um, I think it was about three years ago. I think it was the 2016 federal and unitary states was the number one FRQ. So I don't anticipate this being an FRQ uh, this year.